Welcome to Dogs on Demand. This is Late Night Reactions with the Dogs here at the Dog House in Start Vegas, Mississippi on this lovely Sunday night. We're having some cool weather up here. We want to start off this episode with some major news with the dog franchise. We are now on Apple. It's, it's been an amazing time. You know, it's been a long process coming and uh, we can thank one of our dogs, Mr. Mason Cox, for getting that on the board. But I'm your host, Caleb Ward, joined by my co-host, Mr. Wilson Benton, a.k.a. Willie B., and Mr. Mason Cox, a.k.a. the Mason Meister. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, we have officially crossed realms into Apple Podcasts. Um, we had some technical difficulties for the first few months, couldn't quite figure out how to you know, set that up. Just think the artwork. Yeah. That's what took us forever to figure yeah. out was the artwork on Apple. Yeah. Good so Apple, Apple has like this long list. They got to be so difficult. Just difficult reasons to get you up and going. And I was able to mess around with it this afternoon and we're finally up and on the Apple podcast. I think all of our episodes have already uploaded. Yeah. They're on automatically there on there. Yeah. So Let's if you're go. a first time listener, you can always go back and listen to our old episodes. But as Caleb has said we're going to be doing some late night reactions tonight talking about uh, Mississippi State's win over Bowling Green to start and then looking at some other games in the uh, in the SEC and across the league. Um, so if you don't know Mississippi State this week played Bowling Green and we blew them down, bowled them, bowled them over, however you want to say it, uh, came out with a 45 to 14 win. Dogs win again. Yeah, dogs win again. So Dogs uh, by 90. Yeah, so what are some of y'all's thoughts on this game? I think it's a good tune-up. Um, we obviously know that Bowling Green was never going to be much of a competition or shouldn't be much of a competition, and we did exactly what we needed to do. I thought that we came out there and Will threw great. I thought we had I – w- I went back and watched the game this afternoon, and we had a great protection for Will all game. And what happens when Will is protected? The dude throws darts. When he has time to sit back there and read a defense, he is dangerous. Now, obviously, against LSU, it was a different story because he didn't have the time. But against a Bowling Green team who couldn't get pressure on him, he was able to pick him apart. And the game was really over by halftime, hence why – uh, we had 25,000 people leave the stadium at halftime. Yeah. So there was only about 15,000 people left after the third quarter, which I get because it was an 11 a.m. game, and it was it was hot. It wasn't like a first weekend hot, but it was still 88 degrees and sunny, and the, the, the sun was on you all game. So I get why people left. But other than that, I mean, defense played well. Special teams, Ben Rabin hitting a 52-yard field goal, the second longest in Mississippi State history. We're firing on all cylinders, and I'm excited for AM to come to Davis Way next weekend. Well, let's let's take it back a second. Because yes, we did a lot of things right, but there are a few things that I want to talk about. Um, particularly our offensive line. Yes, they were able to protect Will when they needed to, but there was some inconsistencies in terms of when Bowling Green was blitzing. They were able to not necessarily sack 
Rodgers, but they were able to contest and get back there and pressure him. And I don't like to see that against a Bowling Green. Yes, to, but to be fair, Bowling Green's strength was on their defensive line, and they do have a NFL caliber draft pick on is one of their DNs. So they, I, I understand what you're saying, and they did have two sacks on yeah. Will. Yeah, but when you drop back to throw it, I don't know. Hang on, let me see how many times Will Rogers threw the ball today. Thirty nine for fifty. Yeah, when you drop back fifty times and you give up two sacks. That's what uh, 50 out of 52 times he was able to get a pass off. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're playing the percentages, that's like four, three, four percent. So, I mean, you, you take that because, I mean, you just playing the percentages, you're going to have a sack if you drop back to pass 50 times. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they have some good D line, but I still. I expect more out of our offensive line in that game. And and I'm glad that you are because I remember a time where we would be sitting here like this and we would just be happy that Mississippi State won the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So yeah. it, it's crazy how far we've come as a program to now we're nitpicking, oh, we dropped back 52 times and got two sacks. Like what we need to improve on that versus – Take for instance the the Croom era where we would just be happy to getting a win, and you look, we see forty five points. We would be happy to score ten points in the Croom hey, era, probably just a field goal. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how much uh, better we are and how much more improved we are as a program. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, you take the win, yeah, you enjoy it, yeah, you cherish it. Yeah. And well, it was, I mean, it was a bounce back win. You know, we had a we had a bad performance down in uh, Baton Rouge, lost that game, um, and they came back. They did what they needed to do. They were very explosive the first half. First half was great. Um, they yeah. did everything they did. Defense was shutting them down every time they got on the field. Offense was scoring every time they got the ball. Uh, put up what thirty one points at half. It was thirty one to seven at halftime. Yeah, and so you know they were doing all they needed to do, but. Going back to what we have said consistently on this show, I still want to see them play a complete full court, full four quarters. And I think they played more of a complete game this week because they stuck it out and they only gave up 14 points and, uh, you know, ended up scoring two more touchdowns in the second half. But when you play those SEC opponents, those A&Ms, those uh, – Alabama's, Georgia's, um, Arkansas's, and Kentucky's, you know, you're going to have – do not throw Kentucky in there. Well, <laughs> we're not playing Tennessee. We're going to Kentucky, so I'm throwing it in there because it's going to be a different environment. <laughs> I know you are a Kentucky hater. but you know, I'm a Kentucky realist. Kentucky. Yeah, that's fine. But that being said, we're going to their house. We're going to have to play better than we played in LSU. Yeah, for sure. We're going to have to play the whole time lights out. We can't let off. If we play like we did like we did against LSU the rest of the season, we may not even reach six wins. Yes. So, I I, I understand what you're saying. Well, I'm just my like you said, man. It was it was a great win. We had a great win. Bowling Green, you know, not a bad team at all. Uh they came in, they had a great their QB's a great well, it was their backup QB that yeah. that was playing, and they didn't have their head coach either. Yeah. And so they they competed. 
they did, and they had a lot going against them. And also, I want to say credit to Bowling Green for not being like Memphis and Arizona, especially Memphis, and trying to throw the ball when we had a super huge lead on them in the fourth quarter and taking timeouts when we had the ball with like a minute to go in the game and stuff like that. Yeah. They were a lot better sports than Memphis was. and Yeah. They were just – they 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 played tough and uh, they were a class act. And, yeah. And uh, that's really all – the only things positive I can say about them. Yeah. How about you, Caleb? Uh, very good game by Mississippi State. Uh, I don't know if you saw Mike Leach's press conference, but he was not happy with the lot of guys who got playing time that did not take a good opportunity. And he's like, if you're going to play like that, you're not just going to play at all. And because uh, our wide receiver core is really deep, and so it was just, um, you know, Coach Leach just being honest. You know, he's like. You know, we already got a good game plan, but it's like you try to put these guys in and they just give up the opportunity. They're just – there's no point in doing it. Um, but yeah. overall, um, rushing, we only had 45 yards rushing. Uh, passing, we're still averaging like 7.8 yards per pass. Um, and so that was really good. Only had three penalties. I was very happy about that. Only 30 yards total. Uh, fourth down, we were four for 11. Two for two on fourth down efficiency. Um, no turnovers, so that's always a plus. Um, Bowling Green actually had more time of possession than us, um, but, you know, we won. Well, you know, we but had very explosive quick drives. We did. And it's we not really something did. we're usually used to seeing. They drove the ball down the field very quickly. I don't think we had but, like, one or two drives that were over two or three minutes. They were very quick, yes, explosive plays. Something we're not used to seeing, you know, we're usually used to seeing those, you know, those underneath routes slowly draw the clock out and hold the ball for most of the game and like just slowly work our way down the field. So it was nice to see a change of pace. Our longest drive was six minutes and two seconds whenever we scored a field goal, when Ben Rayburn scored that 53-yard field goal. Uh, First touchdown, minute 48. Second touchdown, 106. Uh, When we got... Our third touchdown, 230. Fourth one, 153. Uh, Then one, let's see, another 143. And then the last touchdown was like three minutes and 10 seconds. So just being able to be more consistent uh, with like quick pace and everything. So that was really good to see. Um, And I was looking at the SEC West standings. We're actually in last place because we've only played – one SEC game, but everybody in the West either has one loss or no losses at all. Uh, so it's going to be interesting as time progresses. Um, but, you know, Will Rogers threw Dagum six touchdowns, and I believe he is tied in the most uh, in the SEC. Now, he's tied he, in the nation with the most touchdown passes. Yes, uh, but I think he tied the program record for touchdown passes as well. And then he tied the SEC record for the most 400 passing yards in a game. And so, of course, if he throws for over 400 against uh, Texas A&M, he'll have a new record. Um, So, yeah. Um, Caleb Ducking went off in this game. Yeah. Seven catches for a career-high 96 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Tulu Griffin had five catches, 
for 54 well, and a touchdown and 70 yards on two kick returns. And I was going to ask really I was going to ask y'all who impressed y'all the most during this game. Um Sawyer Robertson, I'm just kidding. I think I would say honestly Tulu. Um yeah, that was going to be mine. You know, we expect this out of ducking. He's always a pretty big breakout player, but Tulu usually doesn't get as many touches as he did in this game. And we've talked about it before. He's an explosive player. When he gets the ball, he makes a play. And yeah. so it was nice to see him to for the offense to be able to get the ball in his hands so that we could have some of those explosive plays we had in this game. Um, but, yeah, you know, it wasn't a lot different than what we expected. You know, last week we lost to LSU, and Mike Leach does what we expected Mike Leach would do and go very heavy on the pass game this week. Yeah, he did. And – one thing that Mississippi State has to do and Mike Leach has to do, I want to see at least five screen passes a game to Tulu Griffin. Yeah. The man yeah. is a weapon on offense. Well, he just – he's and so we're, fast. We're going man. crazy about him getting six receptions. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's not that many. Yeah. And I think it's more of just a Mike Leach thing – where he doesn't necessarily scheme to get a particular player open. It's just, you know, we have our four or five guys out there and they're just going to run their routes and whoever is open is open. You throw them the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, we need a little bit more of a scheme to get certain players the ball more. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sorry, but if we're throwing a screen to Austin Williams, something's not right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> he just he's you he's so explosive. He's so explosive, and he's he's got some he's got some next level speed that not a lot of other teams can match, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm gonna say this: I don't think he is our best receiver, but he is our most explosive player. Yeah, I think ducking is hands down right now our most consistent mm-hmm. and our most legit mm-hmm. receiver when it comes to yes. making the plays downfield. Yeah. But I think Tulu has a can complement that in a different way with yeah. screen passes and quick slants and, you know, stuff in the slot. Yeah. Like honestly, I need Tulu to start and I need him to be in the game for most of the game. I don't yeah. need to see Tulu on the sidelines and uh, have a couple of the other guys who are not as explosive out there. And I get how they, they you know, they like to rotate and run people in and out, and that's just kind of how the system goes. Mm-hmm. But when you have someone as explosive as Tulu out there, he's a game changer. He makes yeah. a guy miss, and next thing you know, it's to the house. And he's the only receiver that we have that has that breakaway speed. Yeah. Duncan can run downfield and catch the ball, but he's not going to catch a screen pass and take it to the house like Tulu could. No. Well, another thing, you know, just – like you mentioned, we did a really good job of spreading the ball out to to some of our receivers. You know, Simeon Price yeah. got a touchdown catch. Wally got a touchdown catch. Uh, let's see, Jameer Calvin got a catch. He, he had, got a touchdown. Yeah, he got a touchdown catch. Um, and then and, Tulu and Ducking. Yeah, Ducking obviously got two, so he's a breakout player. But you know, some of those names like Price and Wally, you know, they're usually not getting Scooby Ford or got three yeah, catches. Yeah, and then Jameer Calvin, you know. Um, but it was just nice to see some of the younger guys. Somebody 
who flew under the radar this week uh, was Rara Thomas. Yes, he only had one catch for 14 yards. I don't think it was him flying under the radio, radar. I think he just didn't play well. Yeah. Well, I think some of those younger some of those younger guys stepped up and took a role that would usually be in his shoes and they stood out where he didn't. And it's it's awesome to have that kind of depth where you don't need to rely on a specific receiver. Yeah. But at the same time, talking about Rara, I think there was a there was a drive in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. where he had a ball and he fumbled it. He caught the ball and tried to fight after it fumbled it. Mm-hmm. Well, on the same drive, I don't know if y'all remember, that's the ball where Will threw the ball about 45 yards downfield and Ra-Ra was wide open on the post route and he just dropped it. And Will couldn't have laid it out any better. He was he had already beat the safety. Mm-hmm. He was the last man and just went right straight through his hands. Yeah, And so he is the one player – that to be honest with you, he was quiet against LSU as well. Yeah, he needs to get going. Yeah, I need him ducking in Tulu to be firing, firing all on all cylinders yeah. against Sanium because we can get those three dudes out there, and then you throw in a a Jaden Wally, um, or a uh, Rufus Harvey to complement those three, mm-hmm. and. That's a good offense. Yeah. That's an offense that people are going to be scared of. Well, and I mean, that might be what uh, Coach Leach was referring to in his press conference about some of these guys needing to, you know, get their stuff together. Um, But, you know, this is just one of those games, you know, where kind of like uh, against Arizona or um, Memphis, you know, where there's not a whole lot to nitpick about. We did did what we needed to do. We had a good game. We won the game. We were successful where we needed to be. Uh, and we cleaned up on some yeah. stuff from last week that we needed to clean up on. Um, I'm just going to say this. Um, I love Simeon Price. <laughs> Dude, He, I was going to say he had a good camp from what Mike Leach said, and with, like, we hate that Marks is hurt, but Price is able to step up, and yeah. he took every advantage of that opportunity going for – Three receptions for 49 yards with one touchdown. The He caught uh, one pass for 32 yards. He had three carries for three yards rushing. But, you know, he was just – it was good to see that we have another dual threat right. running back who's really explosive. And I don't expect us to see much of him against A&M considering Marks will be back for A&M. Yeah. And so DJ was fantastic running the ball. Uh, yeah, four for uh, 57 yards. Yeah. yeah, that's four, yeah, 14 yards a carry. Um, I think DJ's our number one back, and Marks is our second right now. Is, that's what I'd say. And then, But it's just so great to have that third running back, like you said. And I, I see a lot of a combination of Marks and Johnson and Simeon. Yes. Because, to be honest with you, I don't think either of those two running backs make that catch that he made um, going into the end zone. I thought that I think he's a perfect combination where he can catch the ball and has the speed of marks, but also has the between the tackle running ability that Johnson has and the blocking ability that Johnson has. So I'm excited. I think we're in good hands for years to come yes. in the running back room. Him and Rufus Harvey, he also kind of flew in under the radar earlier in the season, but he was able to step in, get some playing time, and he looked really good. So the future is really bright. 
here in I, Mississippi State. I'm about to say, every time him and Tulu are on the field together, I can't tell who is who. Yeah. Because they look the exact same running yes. the ball. And they ha- they played the same position, and they, they're they both kind of short. They're, like, they're under six foot, both of them. Yeah. And so they look exactly, and they both have dreads. They look exactly the same. And so I'm like, yeah. is that Tulu or is that Harvey? I yeah. can't tell. Yeah. Um, I want to flip it over for a second. I want to talk about the defense. Boogie Watson had 10 tackles. He looked good. Yeah. And then another guy I want to talk about is Colin Duncan. He had, now he only had four tackles. He had three solo tackles or two solo tackles, but he also had a, a sack and a tackle for loss. And, you know, it's just a, a really good performance by him, a breakout. You know, he made some plays when we needed them, got a couple, got a key sack and then a key stop on uh, one of their drives. Um, but it was just interesting to see because some of the, you know, some of the guys that we usually expect to do really well, you know, they did just about average and just we had some other guys step up in the defense. Like, uh, you know, like Boogie Watson stepped up, Colin Duncan. Uh, Jordan Davis had four tackles, uh, three solo. And then Jed has always had – Jet or Jet. Jet. Jet did what Jet does. Uh, Richardson had four tackles, one solo tackle, you know. Yeah. Just seeing just seeing some guys that we're usually not used to talking about making some tackles like – Tyrus Wheat didn't have any solo tackles. He had three tackles, but it was, you know, uh, teamed up tackles. And uh, DeMonte Russell, same thing, only had one solo tackle. Uh, one tackle for loss, I think. Uh, anyways, we were just able to see the defense, like some players step up and make some plays when we needed them. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I'd like to point out about this year is – our safety play is the most improved part of the team this year. For sure. Our safeties are legit this year. Jalen yeah. Green has locked down the safety position. Yes. Him and yes. Uh, Duncan and mm-hmm. Smith, mm-hmm. those dudes, because we typically will play three safeties yeah. most of the time. It, it's solid. And we, we have not been burnt deep at all. The only time we got beat over the top was – against LSU and we were blitz we were engaging eight we had man coverage and they just threw a dime yeah so I I, I'm loving the safety play once again you couldn't pick out a D lineman this week that you noticed that was making plays I think I think that's fair to say that Mm -hmm. you know once again there was nobody that shone that that really shined on the defensive line it was more of our linebackers and safeties causing the pressure when we would blitz or making the plays and batting the ball down in the secondary or causing him a lot of the quarterback for Bowling Green a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's good and bad because you would like to see someone on the D line. Well, I mean, s- step I up. Would, I would point out Davis. He he was probably the best on the D line. He had four. He had three solo tackles and then four. Uh, Team tackles. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, it's it's weird to say as a Mississippi State fan, our defensive line is our weak spot in the defense. Because – In passing situations. Yes. Because they are good against the run defense, but they do not get back there and sack the QB a whole lot. Yeah. We just don't. And, 
we're just going to have to accept that that's who we are this year, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, we keep hoping that somebody's going to step up, but we're four we're a, co- a quarter of the way through the through the year and nobody's we, emerged. Nobody's emerged. And so I think that's just kind of how we're going to have to play this year. Is we're going to have to realize if we want to sack the quarterback, we're going to have to blitz and mm-hmm. we're going to have to play good coverage on the back end and trust our talent in the secondary. Yeah. But yeah, not not a whole lot to complain about. It was a pretty good game. We yeah. did what we needed to do. Um, y'all have any of, other thoughts? They had a lot of three and outs. Bowling Green did. Yeah. So, y'all have any other thoughts on this game? No, I couldn't be happier. And Hail State. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to some of the other games in the SEC. Uh, there were a lot of close games this week. A couple upsets. Um, first one I want to talk about is the A and M Arkansas game. So A and M. Uh, was ranked number 23rd in the country, Arkansas number 10. Arkansas went to um, Texas. Uh, was it in Arlington? It was in Dallas. Dallas, yeah. And they lost the game 23-21, to 21, Arkansas did. So Texas A&M and pulls out a win. You described it perfectly. Arkansas lost the game. Yeah. A&M yep. did not win the game. They were not the better team. Arkansas no. lost. Well, they the had game. that, you know, for those who didn't watch, uh, Arkansas drove down the field, had a field goal to uh, win the game, uh, ended up missing it on the top right of the crossbar. I've never seen that before. The kicker literally yeah. hit the very top of the goal post. And it bounced uh, up in the air. Straight up and back. And it was just a shame to see uh, Arkansas – Ended up getting a loss. Uh, you know, a lot of Arkansas fans are probably attributing attributing that loss to that fluke fumble that Jefferson had going in for the end zone. Well, it it, it was a stupid play by Jefferson. Him diving from like the four yard line, yeah. trying to stretch out. Yeah, and I, all it takes is one swipe, and the yeah. ball is gonna is gonna get become loose out of his hands well it's it's funny you say that because i was looking through instagram earlier and uh i think it was the old miss kentucky game from last year um i think it was kentucky anyways old miss had posted something about last year them playing kentucky and a very similar thing happened uh kentucky was going for like a go ahead touchdown to take the lead and probably close out the game um and it was after they had a wide open pass that like uh, I don't remember the receiver for Kentucky, but he threw up the deuces signs and he ended up getting tackled at the one yard line. So they go for it at the yeah. goal line and they get stood up and the uh, the running back of the QB like tries to stretch it across the line and, and Ole Miss ends up forcing a fumble just kind of like Jefferson's and they end up winning that game by a point. And so, you know, it's tough to see that because you want to get in so bad. You want to win that game. Yeah. But you got to be careful in how you do it. You got to make sure that you protect the ball. Um, just looking at the stats, there was like a total of eight fumbles between the two teams uh, during this game. Uh, not a whole lot of passing. I mean, KJ Jefferson had 12 for 19, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Max Johnson was 11 for 21, 151 yards, one touchdown. Uh, biggest thing was the rushing. A&M had 192 yards rushing, and Arkansas had 244 yards on 54 attempts. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, 
I know this is a reaction episode, but State's got to be ready to cover this rushing attack by both teams when we play them in back-to-back yeah. weeks. Uh, for sure. Because that's just been the biggest thing for both teams is they're running uh, the rushing attack. Yeah. And so, um, but overall, I mean, sucks to suck. And it, they were playing a replay <laughs> Uh, how Arkansas was number eight in the country, mm-hmm. and they lost on a field goal the same exact way. Yeah, and I can't. I want to say it was like TCU or something. I don't know. It was a game from years ago. You had the old school ESPN uh bug for like the yeah. scoreboard and all that. So right. Uh, but you know. yeah, A and M uh scrapes one out, gets a big win over Arkansas. Well, one way the word. To des- the phrase to describe this game was a old fashioned SEC, SEC football game. Yeah, it was yes. a it was a dog fight. Neither offense looked pretty. They were both trying to run the ball. There were a, it, it was a short game, honestly, because they were running the ball the whole time, so the clock keep running. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was it was really. You know, you had the fourteen point swing where Arkansas was right there at the goal line, and then and them. Takes it all the way back on the crazy return, mm-hmm. and then you had the missed field goal opportunity to go and win the game that Arkansas had, mm-hmm. and that was also a crazy how how that whole thing went went down. But also, A and M's best wide receiver got injured in this game, and he's out for the season. Anaya Smith, yes, and so. I mean, so Mason's <laughs> over here clapping, and right, I don't want to say rightfully so, but that does play well for Mississippi State next weekend. You, Considering A and M is already pretty much a one-dimensional running team with A Chain, mm-hmm. who is a ridiculous running back, mm-hmm. by the way, but it makes them even more so one-dimensional. And I think I don't, I don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about it later in the week. But I see the. I see their offense playing right into Mississippi State's strengths. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you hate to see you hate to see him get hurt, but at the same time, just like Wilson said, it helps us out a lot coming in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, I think is there anything else y'all want to add to that game? No, that's, all that's right. It. So moving on to Caleb's game of the week. Let's talk about Florida and Tennessee. Dude, Florida almost pulled that thing out. Almost. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Tennessee uh, gets a win against Florida down in the in, – no, it was in Knoxville. It was in uh, Knoxville. Yeah. They had the stripe out going. And it was – The checkerboard, and it looked beautiful. Yeah. They, they I wish get, we could do something like that. They here. get a win. We're, gonna, and white. we're trying against Georgia. We're doing a, a stripe. Are we really? Gosh, yeah. That would be awesome. All right, so Tennessee takes a win, thirty-eight to thirty-three over Florida. It's a really hard-fought game. Um, Florida did a lot better than I expected them to do. Um, yeah, they played with a ton of effort. They I will did. give them that. They did. Yes, Caleb, give us a rundown. I know you got some thoughts. Um, I mean, this is actually a lot closer than what I thought it was going to be. You know, I figured it'd be a two-touchdown game, but Florida. Florida kept fighting. Um, Anthony Richardson was 24 for 44 with 453 yards, two touchdowns, the one interception, which came at the uh, end of the game on a Hail Mary attempt to win it. Um, 
rushing. They had 141 yards rushing on 42 carries. Tennessee had 227 on 42 carries. Uh, so Hendon Hooker, he had 112 yards rushing. Uh, receiving, Justin Shorter had 155 yards receiving. Uh, so a lot of good guys. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to my boy, uh, Shamar James, uh, who played at Faith Academy. He was a couple years younger than me. But I know Shamar, he got to – he had three tackles, three solos, and had a sack. So shout-out to a Faith Academy product doing big things in the SEC. Um, yeah, just – Overall, just really impressed how it went. Uh, Florida did miss a field goal in this game, and I want to say they missed a two-point conversion as well. Just looking at the the uh, the, the score, score. they yeah. had 12 points in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, two-point conversion did fail, and that was with 17 seconds left. Yeah. Uh, and they actually missed two of them. They did. They missed one also with like 449 left in the game. So if they would have made that, it would have been what? 35. Uh, let's see. Would have been like 37, 38. Then whenever they missed that field goal. So yeah, it was definitely uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, like you said, I think Florida played about as well as they could have yeah. against Tennessee. And like you said, I, I did think this was going to be a two or three touchdown game. And I think, I'm going to say it again, Tennessee is the third best team in the SEC. And they keep proving me right over and over and over again. Yeah. That's all I'm going to well, say. Yeah. Let me say this. I was I was highly impressed with Brendan Hooker this or Hendon Hooker this week. Um he was very he was very explosive and did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, ended up getting him the win. You know, didn't have the most passing yards in this game, but he got he got everything he needed when it counted. Yeah, and it just allowed them to win. And you know, that's just kind of the tell of the SEC. You know, you mm-hmm. don't always have to perform perfectly. Yep, but you just got to do what you got to do to get a win. I will say, even though Anthony Richardson was 24 for 44, um, seeing this early from a Billy, Billy Napier offense shows. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties, but uh, Caleb, you were in the middle of one of your thoughts about the game. Yeah, so uh, speaking about Florida under Billy Napier, um It'd be interesting to see what they're going to look like in the future once he uh, has a more established game plan with the Gators and everything. Because, uh, you know, that's only his fourth game as a coach at the University of Florida. So it'd be interesting to see what it's going to look like down the road and everything. So, yeah, that's that's really about it. Do y'all have any more takes on the Florida and Tennessee game? The only other thing I have is Florida's 2-2. Two and two. And their two losses are two division opponents. Yeah. And that's playing right into my SEC East predictions for the year. That is true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, while they're still ranked, it, you know, I, I don't know. Oh, they're, they're not ranked two. anymore. They're no, not anymore? No, okay. this was from the previous week's okay. rankings. All right. Well, you know, 0-2 in the SEC, that's tough. But, you know, it's kind of what we expected. But uh, another game I want to talk about. 
Ole Miss and Tulsa, man. That is not what I want to talk about. <laughs> I wish Tulsa would have beat them. Hold up. We'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, okay. we'll get to them. Uh, I want to talk about a the Missouri and Auburn. Auburn game. That was about what everybody expected it to be. A little fight all the way to the end. You know, a smash mouth, not two of the best teams going at it and seeing who's the worst of the worst. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm going to say. This was a football game of who wanted to not lose more. <laughs> and have their head coach fired. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Auburn ends up taking it over Missouri 17-14 to 14 in overtime. They should not have taken this game. This was really bad coaching by Missouri's head coach. It was first and goal. Uh, there was like 20 seconds left in the hat or in the fourth quarter in the game. They were on the two yard line, three, two or three yard line, and they have enough time to get three or four plays off. It's first and goal. What do they do? They centered up for a field goal. Don't even try for the end zone. Send this out is their, true. They're inside the ten yard line. They're inside the five. Yeah. All they had to do was run the ball three times. What do they do? They shotgun take it and shotgun and then like center up the kick for their kicker. Yeah. And what happens? He gets out there, he misses it. So they go to overtime. It was a, a 26 yarder that he missed. He shanked it. He did. And all they had to do was run it for three yards, three yards. And you know, those Missouri fans are like, what in the world were you thinking? I didn't watch the, uh, the post game conference, but I wish I would have. Um, Missouri should have had this game. Auburn got lucky, got to go into overtime, gets a field goal to win it. Their yep. defense holds on. Um, Not only that, the Missouri running back is going in to the end zone, mm-hmm. about to hand Missouri a win versus a Tiger rival mm-hmm. in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And so he stretches out with one hand, and when he does, he's, he's running right on on the sideline trying to stretch out and get reach around the corner of the pylon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as he does it, the ball comes out of his hand as he's stretching out with one hand mm-hmm. into the end zone and it ends up being a touchback yeah. and Auburn wins the game. Yeah. And Auburn had no business winning that game. No, they didn't. Missouri should have won the game twice. Yes. Yeah. And the dude was running in to the end zone for a touchdown. Yep. And he let go of the ball, essentially. Yep. It's it's tough, man, because Missouri should have won that game. I would have liked to have seen them win that game. Uh, but it just when it rains, it pours. <laughs> now, let's put ourselves in an Auburn fan shoes. Okay. Would I'm you there. have wanted – because – before this game was going to be played, they announced that morning that Auburn was going to fire Haskins if he lost this game. So as an Auburn fan, are you happy that you won this game knowing that you still have your head coach who is not doing that good? And, like, he should have been fired in the offseason, in my opinion, when you had the investigation with him having the relationship with one of the staffers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know – are you happy that you won? Well, or 
are you sad you won because you still got the same head coach that you've just he's been inconsistent in his time at Auburn. Well, which but, way do you want to look at it, man? Because you've got you've got the side of it where you know, hey, we're going to keep a coach longer than two years. Yeah, but you've also got the side of it he hasn't done very well. Maybe we need to get a new coach. But are you going to get a new coach, a good new coach, if you keep firing your coaches every two years and not giving them time to get through their program, it's a or build up their program? It's a, it's a slippery slope. I mean, I'm not. If I'm an Auburn fan, I'm not happy with that win at all. I'm not happy with what he's doing right now. But I don't know if you fire him just yet because they barely pulled out a win against San Jose State. Yeah, got murdered by Penn State. Then they're playing LSU. They're playing at Georgia, at Ole Miss, Arkansas. Then they come here, play Texas A&M, Western Kentucky, then at Bama. And I'm honestly kind of mad that LSU and Auburn has the 6 o'clock ESPN game on Saturday instead of us having the ESPN game against A&M. But, like, Auburn's only guaranteed one more win this season, so they better be happy they got three early this season. So I'm going to say this about Auburn. Auburn is is in a catch-22 right now. What I mean by that is if they fire Harson, they buy his contract out, which, by the way, they need to because Harson's awful. Yeah. But they're going, they're going to buy him out. They're going to bring in a new coach. It's going to take another two, three Lane years – it's not gonna be Lane Kiffin. They're gonna take two or three years to get any sort of consistency in because you're gonna have to bring in a whole new program yet again in the whole what four years now because you know one more year under Harson and three more years under the new coach or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's four more losses to Alabama. Yeah, and you're slowly and you're slipping into mediocrity if you're Auburn. Yeah. You are dangerously close to becoming the laughing stock of the SEC West that teams look forward to playing you. And that's where they are right now. Auburn has the worst quarterback room in arguably Power 5 football. Yeah. And it's they're second awful. in the SEC West standings, though. That's the worst well, part. Yeah, because um, it's week four. Yeah. And they beat the arguably the other worst team in the conference because mm-hmm. I oh, still yeah. think Vandy's would beat both of them. I do. That's just my opinion. I mm, I don't know. It would be no one's going to pencil in Auburn to beat Vanderbilt right now. No. I, yeah. Especially with Vandy having that freshman quarterback that's been playing. Yeah. And also Auburn's wasting one of the most talented players in all of football right now. Tank Bigsby is a yes. top five running back in all of college and he football. Went in the transfer portal. That's the worst part. Is he was gonna leave Auburn and now he's back and I, I I don't think it's a matter of do we need to fire him or fire him or do we not they're going to fire him mm-hmm. it's, it's just, just when it's just Dear. what game this year they're gonna fire him in yeah what what warrants the fire and that's really what the Auburn job is is you are accepting a job to ultimately be fired yeah. Well, I mean, just just like we've said, you know, like what decent coach that's going to actually build up a program is one going is going to want to go to one of the hardest coaching jobs in the country where you're only guaranteed two win- two years 
And if you don't do something in two years, you're going to be on the hot seat and go into your next job. Yeah. So it's, it's so unrealistic. They're what their fans think. And a lot of that's because they were spoiled with Mississippi state's commitment. Cam Newton. Oh and yeah. No th- doubt. They, they got hyped real fast, real quick. Mm-hmm. And then they went back to what, what was considered normal and then they flirted around for a couple of years, and now they're on the downslip of what they usually are. Usually, yeah. Auburn's an eight and four team. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. They're not great, but they're a really good, awesome Southern SEC school. And every now and then they'll slip and every up now and, and beat Bama. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're flirting with the the six and six. They're 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 on the opposite yeah. side of yeah. that. And if they don't figure it out soon. They're gonna get stuck there for a long time. Yeah, and so I, I am worried for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you even look at it, Gus Malzahn in his record at Auburn, he was sixty-seven and thirty-five and thirty-eight and twenty-seven in the SEC. It's like Malzahn had, was the best coach they've had. Exactly. Like in his first year, they went twelve and two. You know, lost to Florida State. But like he that, went. Eight, that's when they they playing the national championship yep. game. They lost. They went eight and five and fourteen, seven six and fifteen, eight and five and sixteen, ten and four and seventeen, eight and five, nine and four, five and four in the COVID year. So it's like they were being consistent, and it's yeah. like you fired a coach who was so consistent for you, getting you at least five, about three, three to five SEC wins a year. You know. Yeah. I think they beat what Alabama like what they would get them every four years just about, about. they beat them what two or three years under Malzahn yeah. so it's like you were mm-hmm. getting an an Iron Bowl win and you fire them and now you're like you said Wilson they're literally becoming the laughing stock of the SEC now because Vandy is on the rise Missouri's still kind of down there but it's like I'm talking like specifically the West oh in the West no doubt they're the laughing stock yeah but. I'm worried, man. I'm worried for Auburn. So, I I think they got they, they maybe squeak squeak one more one or two more wins. I don't mm-hmm. see them getting over five. That's for sure. Yeah, they got a they got a long season ahead of them. I mean, Western Kentucky is their only guaranteed win. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to beat anybody else on their schedule. I, I'm be honest with you. I'm looking forward to playing them. Yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, excited. I'm. How many times can you say? Man, Auburn's coming to town. That's a W. <laughs> Never. Don't. It's not. It's not normal. So. Yep. So let's uh, transition to Caleb's other game, the Ole Miss Tulsa game. Ole Miss ranked at number sixteen in the country against Tulsa, unranked. Uh, ends up pulling it out, thirty-five to twenty-seven. It was a close fault game. Well, let me say this: Ole Miss was. Up considerably, but Tulsa hung around for a long time. They did. And they shouldn't have hung around as long as they did on a quote-unquote number 16 team in the nation. Uh, Ole Miss didn't score in the second half. Yeah. And Tulsa was able to move the ball, make the the game look a little better, ends up getting that 35-27 final. And it's one of those games where – I never felt like Ole Miss was going to lose that game. No, but at the same time, that's one of those. It, it does concern you because I get it. I know that it's Tulsa, and it's a day game, 
and you you may not be emotionally invested into the game. You know, that's fine. That 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 happens. It happened to Georgia this week. It happened mm-hmm. to Kentucky this week. Mm-hmm. So I get that they weren't necessarily up for the game. Yeah. But it is concerning when when Tulsa puts up 27 points on your defense. Well, yes. um, it just goes back to, you know, you're in week you're in week 4 now and you still aren't sure who your QB is. You know, that means you yeah. don't have a QB. I, I guess the, and they're, that's they're their biggest they're focusing on Dart, I think is kind of what they're going to settle in on, but I I get what you're saying where they they don't necessarily if they don't, don't have the pat that it worries you. Their yeah. passing game. If you're if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I mean how how many years have we said, man, look at that running attack from Ole Miss and that passing <laughs> attack from Mississippi State? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, a it's, whole different. It is. It. How many times can you say Mississippi State has a more explosive offense than Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. It it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Mississippi State traditionally. We're gonna stop you on defense, and then and we're gonna run the ball. Yeah, Ole Miss has been always traditionally more flamboyant and more explosive and pass happy let's throw than State it, has. Let's throw it to that one or two uh, NFL caliber receivers yeah, we've got. Exactly, and it's almost flipped this year. And I get that Lane Kiffin has to do that this year because his transfer portal quarterback has not necessarily worked out the way that he would have wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Jackson Dart did okay in this game. He had 13 carries for 116 yards, completed 13 passes out of 24 attempts for 154 yards. Uh, but they're rushing. It was also, I mean, they, they can run the ball. I want to say every game this season, they've had more rushing yards than passing yards uh, this season. Yeah, yeah. It's big time. They they are handing the ball off, and well, unproportionate amount of time. Can I say? Can I go ahead and say this? I no. am so glad that Malik Heath went to Ole Miss and did not stick around Starkville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of the talent that we have acquired and we've been able to see and been able to use. And yeah, he went to Ole Miss, but he gets four receptions for seventy five yards and a touchdown pass. That's great. But I'm so like. I don't know what his thought process was. Maybe it was seeing the talent that was behind him that would probably surpass him, realizing he needed to go to Ole Miss so that he could continue to play and maybe get a draft pick. But, man, am I glad that he is gone. (laughs) Well, I just want to say it's funny that uh, somebody was telling me today whenever he got like a 31-yard like that was a pass he caught was for 31 yards. Somebody said, oh, well, he didn't get that in the air raid offense. He got like a five-yard pass. Bullcrap. His long last year, he caught a 56-yarder. And they're saying, oh, in the air raid, we don't pass it that far. Yeah, every now and then, but it's like he was complaining about not getting long passes, and he got one at Mississippi State, you know. Um, But, you know, I'm glad he's gone. You know, I really think that we have a lot of players that are a lot better than him and more explosive. Because, uh, I mean, then in his two years at State, he only had 71 catches for a little over 700 yards and only had eight touchdowns. Yeah, I just that, – That's 
That's pretty it's, good production. It's pretty good. I just think it worked out for the best for us. Yeah. It worked out for the best for both of us. I mean, yeah. he's doing, I think he's Ole Miss's second leading receiver on the year. Mm-hmm. And we obviously haven't really missed him. Yeah. So I think it worked. It's worked for both of us. And I hope he has an awful game matched up against Emmanuel Forbes in the Egg Bowl. Yeah. Which he will. So. I think there's going to be a lot of bad blood there. And we're going to see that play out uh, yeah. on the field. I think some of them boys are going to lay him out. It'll be interesting to see, but uh, all right, let's let's skim through the rest of these games real quick. Uh, Georgia and Kent State. Georgia um, beats Kent State thirty nine to twenty two. Has a slow start. Kent State sticks around through the half, and then uh, Georgia just kind of pulls away. Um, any quick thoughts on that? No, Georgia was just not into the game. Just and that's what happened. Slow yeah. start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alabama and Vandy. Alabama gave up three against Vandy. They're on the down slope, Man, you guys. Them boys tried. Yeah. But uh, what Man. can you do? Yeah. Vandy's on the up and up, scoring three on Alabama. Um, Kentucky, Northern Illinois, thirty-one to twenty-three. Kentucky pulls that out. Um, a lot closer than I was expecting. Um, you know, Kentucky still gets a win at home. Uh, Moving on, let's see. State, obviously. LSU rolls over New Mexico 38 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, advances to three and one. Yeah. Making us look better every time they win. Um, <laughs> South Carolina and Charlotte. South Carolina rolls over Charlotte 56 to 20. I was going to say, does Spencer Rattler yeah. finally have a good game for once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was probably his best game of the it year. Was. Uh, 17 for 23, 187 yards. Didn't have any touchdown passes, though. They had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, Lloyd, uh, M. Lloyd had 15 carries and 169 yards and three rushing touchdowns. So, big shout-out yeah. to him. Um, you want to look outside the SEC yes. for a second? There was yes. a lot of so, good games. Yeah, Clemson won in double overtime. 51-45 yeah. to 45 Should versus not have won Wake Forest. Game. Should not have won that game. Uh, Wake Forest had it at every opportunity. It's kind of like the uh, Missouri-Auburn game. They just failed to complete the game. Yeah, they just uh, couldn't seal the deal. Yeah, so Clemson squeaks one out. Uh, I know Dabo Sweeney's, you know, thanking the Lord on that. Yeah. Uh, probably was his job in that game. But they end up getting a, a look. Uh, they end up winning in overtime. Uh I wouldn't say. I, well, when Wake Forest allowed their talent to stick around for that long, talent eventually won. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State rolls over Wisconsin. Yeah. One I want to talk about is the Texas Texas Tech game. That was yes. a really good game. At, uh, Texas Tech won 37 34. And <laughs> horns down. They just, <laughs> horns down, they just keep proving us right time yeah. and time again. Texas is not back. They played a great game against Alabama, but. They're still not back, and I, I hate to break it to all you Texas fans, but, I mean, Texas is a top-10 recruiter, and they went and lost to Texas Tech, who's not even a top-40 recruiter. Yeah. How about uh, Middle Tennessee beating Miami? That is, like, crazy how you got, you know, small teams beating these big teams, and Miami paid them $1.5 million. Look, if Mississippi State pays somebody $1.5 million, we're just going to lose – because that's what's happened every time this season in four games. Yeah, well, I'll see. I wonder how much we're going to pay Eastern Kentucky to come play this year. I thought it was Eastern Tennessee. Or Eastern Tennessee. If yeah, we lose, right. If we lose to Eastern Tennessee. Because that's the same type of game. they're gonna We're going to be yep. paying, pl- yeah. paying them to come play us. 
Um, another good game was Oregon and Washington State. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix has been looking pretty good, but he's playing Pac-12 defenses yeah. instead of SEC. And we saw what happened when he did play in SEC. That's right. Games. Granted, it was the best one, um, but still. Mm-hmm. USC and Oregon State, USC scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to win that game. Uh, I'm sorry. So, on that on that game, Oklahoma and USC are 6-7 and seven respectively. Yes. USC moved up in the poll today. Yeah. To six, after beating Oregon State by three, three points, they honestly, I think they should have gone down. And Oklahoma got beat by Kansas State, yeah, forty-one to thirty-four. Boy, Martinez and was going off it, it, in that game. It's so on the great. Rushing. It's so great to hear, and not necessarily to shut up all these teams that think they have playoff chances that we all know deep down inside have no business being talked about in the college football playoff. And it's it's so great to see them just have a loss. That way we can't just be like, oh, we should be in it. Like, you know, like Kentucky this year. Like, stop it. Stop it. You're not going to be in the playoff. And, and Oklahoma was kind of the same way. You know, they were six in the country, and now they're in irrelevancy. Same thing with Kentucky. They're seven this week. They're going to get beat, and they're going to go into irrelevancy again. So, yeah, this is, it's kind of the same deal. Well, yeah. that's like Oklahoma's defense is tied 36 in the nation. Uh, Excuse me, not their defense. Their points against is tied 28th and 17.8, but they just gave up 41 points in this game. Uh. You know, then, of course, their daggum defense is going to be bad because that's one of the biggest things for Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. They're going to have to play some defense or they're well, just not going to survive. So, yeah, I was going to bring that up in just a second. You know, you've got all these teams that are like, oh, the SEC isn't that competitive. We could do it if we were in there. And you've got teams like Oklahoma and Texas who are – Fixing to join the SEC, and you know they they did they were pretty successful for a time this year, and then they go and play they play Kansas State or they play um, who did Texas play State. Texas Tech and they get beat by an unranked school, and they have struggle losses you know and they expect to come into the SEC and like thrive. Like, it's not going to be any easier because every team we've got, for the most part, is a lot more competitive, a lot harder yep. to win than Texas Tech or Kansas State. Now, Kansas State played a great game. Texas Tech played a great game. But if you can't – if you're a ranked team and you can't beat these unranked teams, how do you expect to come to the SEC and play and be successful there and not wind up like Missouri or – well – yeah, or Texas A&M some years, you know. Uh, like, I remember at the beginning of the season, people were like, well, you know, Texas – or right after the Alabama game, Texas fans were like, oh, yeah, we're going to run the SEC when we get here. <laughs> and then they lose to Texas Tech this week. Yeah. And it just – it goes to show, you know, like, it's not as easy as people think it is yeah. in other conferences. Um, You know, as we're – Anybody else got anything to say about the games this week? No, I thought I thought they were all great, and I'm glad the dogs won, and I'm excited for the games to come. 
That's right. Well, all right. Another Mason last something. Last last example game. Michigan, Michigan and Maryland. Yep. You know, number four in the nation playoff bid is only beating Maryland unranked by seven points. Now Maryland does have a decent squad. Two is little but brothers, the number, quarterback. I don't. I don't and care. Alabama and Alabama's former OC care. is the head coach there, so they I don't got care. some building at Maryland. I don't care. They were like this last year. I don't care. Nobody asked for your opinion. Yeah, well, that's why I'm on the show is to give my opinion. When you are a top five school in the nation, you should blow out anybody unranked by at least three touchdowns. At least. I don't care who you're playing. For a, a playoff spot, you need to be winning by 14 points against all of the unranked teams. That's a given. Sure. That's a non-debatable in my opinion. You shouldn't play a Maryland – a freaking unranked Kansas State and an unranked Texas Tech and lose. I, If you're a ranked team in the top 10, top five playoff spot, you should be winning. You should be blowing these teams over if you're this good. And I'm going to say this. I don't. It's not the program's fault. It's the stupid Associated Press's fault that they're ranking them that high in the first place. Yeah. Yes. The, totally progr- the programs can't help where they're ranked. No. The people who are in charge of the rankings are the people who are screwing up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue that at all. I mean, I completely agree, but I'm just saying, like, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it just comes down to the fact that there's only three dominant teams in college football this year. (laughs) Yeah, probably so. And the rest are just... I mean, let's be honest. Ohio State... Alabama and Georgia are miles ahead of every other team in the country this year. And then there's a chasm and there's everybody and else. Then there's everybody else. Yep. And it's real it's a big chasm this year. Yeah. I'd say Tennessee's the closest to those top three. Possibly. Ooh. Possibly. I, I I think they're on the upper of everybody else. Yeah. They're looking across the chasm. Yeah. But they're they're on the edge. But they are. But that's they are not in the chasm. They are not in the chasm. They're not in there, but they're just <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, they're they're on the edge. I will give you that. They're eyeballing it. I think Tennessee is. I, I think they are a top ten team, and I dare oh, yeah. say, borderline top five team. But that's just me. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, now we get to. As we're wrapping it up, we're getting to the fun facts with Caleb. Uh-oh. Oh gosh. <laughs> Fun facts with Caleb. Do you know who has... This is going to blow your mind right here. And this is going to go with your point that you just made, Wilson. Do you know who the number one team is that leads in yards per game total in the nation? Tennessee. Tennessee. 559 yards, point three per game. Most in the nation through four games. Yeah. What's their defense looking like? Over the season. Uh, well, they gave up 33 to Florida, so see. probably not great. <laughs> Their defense, Minnesota actually has the number one defense in yards per game given up. Hmm. Uh, no, Tennessee's not going to be all up there because they gave 27 up to Pitt and 33 up to Florida. I mean, Tennessee's had some really awesome games this year against mm-hmm. some good teams. So I they're, they're going to give up points, and I don't expect them to be in the top rankings for defense this year. No, nah, that goes to Georgia. Like yeah, for real. But um 
Then soccer. Okay. Got a big win against LSU. It was a huge win, but we got very lucky. For those who don't know, we beat we beat LSU three to two, and it was a last second penalty kick with about under five minutes to go in the game. Yep, five minutes. And it from looking at it on TV, it looked like a soft call. It did not look like a foul. But they did give the penalty kick, and we stepped up and scored it. And your lady, I guess, soccer dogs are... Still undefeated. They are undefeated. We are ranked. We are good. Yeah. We're doing good. I don't remember the last time we could say that. <laughs> no. I can't either. They Oh, attendance record. Yes. Yeah. We broke the attendance record for a soccer game with 1,483 students. And if they and keep winning, just they'll keep breaking it. Yeah. And we got to host South Carolina, who is a top 10 team. Bama, that is a top 10 team. And there's one more I can't think of. And then we're playing at Old Miss, who is also a top 10 team. Yeah, so it's going to be great. They're going to be good. Uh, let's see what the – I don't know what their ranking is. I know – I don't know what it is. I know it was 21, it was but 21. I don't know what it is now. But let's we can see. talk about – we can shout them out on Thursday or Friday whenever we do our episode for later in the week. Yeah, yeah, I think we're getting a little high on yeah, time anyways. We are. Uh, so do y'all have any last closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Oh, yeah, yeah. So for those of y'all who are expecting a video predicting the games this past weekend against Bowling Green, I just wanted to let y'all know we were recording the episode with our guest star. I'm going to leave that up to be a mystery because he'll be on on another show but turns out an we, hour into the show yeah we, we were almost done and we we figured out that we weren't recording i don't know what happened something happened I, we don't know we've but, been having a lot of technical difficulties yeah, lately that we but, had to iron yeah, out it did not record so we did not to be honest with you we couldn't be bothered to go back and record another hour's worth of content we had a lost episode so we did have a lost episode and so that's what happened with that and um other than that we're gonna have a we're gonna change it up a little bit this week we are going to have a Mississippi State fan and student or former student. Is he a former student or student? Uh, he's in grad school, right? Okay, now. grad so student. He's but he's also a musician. So y'all be on the lookout for who that is. He's got some big news coming out this week too. So yes. it kind of lines up with what's going on. Um, but you know, I guess with these technical difficulties, we're just on so much demand. As by a, our dog fans that you know our equipment just can't keep up with the demand as our buddy lamar land says y'all have the demand so we'll so we supply it that's right shout yeah. out to lamar yeah um other than that i posted a instagram poll today well I got, i'll leave that later i was previewing the the old miss kentucky game so I'll, I'll get into that later in the week and so when we do our predictions and stuff but yeah i'm good and uh, this has been fun, and this is, I think these are our reactions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that does it tonight for uh, late night reactions. Dogs on demand. Y'all make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Hey, hey, hey. let's and go. With that, we're gonna get out of here. Peace out.